0: Three big names and three key improvements that will revitalize the passing attack for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. We got all that and a little bit of Lanyap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints. Your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Wednesday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter. You can find me over on USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday. On Locked On Saints. And on today's episode of Locked On Saints, it's three segments, three wide receivers, three keys to making the New Orleans Saints passing attack in 2022 maybe one of the best that we've seen in the past few seasons. And the Saints definitely have the opportunity to do that, especially considering that they put up the 32nd ranked passing offense in terms of passing yardage in 2021. So without a doubt, the New Orleans Saints passing attack in 2022 should be much better than it was in 2021. Again, they were bottom of the league in yardage. They were 30th in passing attempts with only 504. All of those statistics should change. But what is it that allows them to change? Well, there's a couple of keys that are going to make that possible. First of all, personnel, which we can get out of the way very quickly. Three basically brand new wide receivers relative to what the New Orleans Saints field did last year, with Michael Thomas returning, Jarvis Landry signed, and Chris Olave drafted. You're still going to see some familiar faces. I imagine Deontay Hardy, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, maybe another guy sneaks in there like a DeJon Dixon, out of Nichols. You're going to see some of those faces that you saw last year still get some reps in 2022, but for the most part, you're going to see new faces based upon what you saw in 2021, and a clear-cut starter at quarterback. No competition here. This is Jameis Winston's team, and they've built it as such. Those things combined, as well as maybe some additional, you know, looks over at tight end. We'll see what the New Orleans Saints tend to do there or decide to do there. And, of course, you have Alvin Kamara, who's always a big part of your passing game as well, even though he may miss some time. You have enough weapons, and you have more weapons in 2022 simply than you had in 2021. That gets the personnel part out of the way. The next three big things are going to be key elements to the passing game and the Saints ability, receiver's ability, to be able to run their routes and find ways to get open and finish plays. So we're going to be looking today at spacing, working in and out of breaks, and finishing up with finishing plays, right? Getting things done. So let's start off with spacing, first of all. And I've talked about this a couple of times throughout the past few episodes, especially in bringing in Jarvis Landry, because Jarvis Landry gives you veteran experience, precision route runner that's able to make sure that the play that's drawn up is the play that's translated out onto the field. The New Orleans Saints early on in 2021 had some spacing issues. Let me define spacing for, uh, you know, just just really quickly. The way to look at spacing is basically literally the spatial relationship between two receivers as they run routes. Now, there's other ways to look at it, but that's kind of the bare bones, simple, fundamental way to look at it. So if I'm expected as a receiver in let's say a smash concept, which is going to have me on the outside running a, a a hitch route or a curl route, so I'm pushing upfield seven yards, and then I'm turning over my inside shoulder, coming back towards the quarterback, and then over the top of me is a corner route. So just think about a big seven, but backwards. So basically, it's just going to the outside. So it's like a post route, but instead of turning and running for the field goal post, you're turning and running outside and to and upfield going toward the sideline. So that corner route is basically going over the top while I'm staying underneath. If I drift too far upfield, right, I'm supposed to run a seven yard hitch, but instead I run a 10 yard hitch. That's going to cause some issues, especially if the corner route is expected to break or change direction at 10 yards. So I could cause in that case, cluttered passing lanes. I could add defenders to an area that's expected to be targeted or worse. I could end up running into my own teammate. The New Orleans Saints saw a little bit of this early on in the season when they were working with guys like Chris Hogan. And then you had, you know, there was one route to where they ran Chris Hogan in a slant and from basically a Y spot, like in line on the same side of the field, they ran, I believe it was Adam Troutman on like a dart route coming toward the outside. And the two of them kind of had to negotiate who was going underneath and who was coming over the top and ended up being late on the route. And even though Chris Hogan was open, the timing wasn't necessarily right for Jameis Winston, who had a three-step drop, one read and throw type of a situation. So that ended up causing trouble for the Saints early on in 2021. Now, guys like Deontay Harris and Marquez Calloway, they got better at this over the course of time. That's why you saw them be your leading wide receivers in 2021. But you saw 698 passing yards from Marquez Calloway, 570 from Deontay Hardy, who unfortunately missed three games toward the end of the season. So when you Look at where the Saints can use a little bit more precision. Spacing is a big part of it, right? When you start cluttering passing lanes, when you start adding defenders into areas that are expected to be targeted, it makes the quarterback's job that much harder. It leads to interceptions. It leads to passes being batted down. It leads to errant throws. It leads to trying to fit balls into tight windows, things like that. Or it leads to you having to check down over and over and over again and go to the running back out of the backfield, and then you're playing the yards after catch game instead of picking up yards through the air. Not only will Jarvis Landry help with that, Michael Thomas helps with that a ton as well because Michael Thomas knows this New Orleans Saints system better than any other wide receiver that's going to be on the roster in 2022. Think about it. Michael Thomas knew this system so well that he was trusted to change his routes based upon he and Drew Brees seeing the same thing when it came to coverage. So for instance, if a safety is playing higher over the top, he might hedge his route a little bit and find an open zone underneath. If a, uh, if a safety attacks or a linebacker attacks from the second level coming back down into the flats, then he might shift his route over a little bit, find the open zone and then pick up some extra yardage because he and Drew Brees were seeing the same thing. So they were allowed to make adjustments to the routes post snap. Because they were so in tune with one another and in sync with one another that they were seeing the same things on the field. That's how well Michael Thomas knows this offense. Now, can he and Jameis Winston always be on the same page like he and Drew Brees were? That we'll have to see. But it's a testament to how well Michael Thomas knows this offense and is precise in terms of what his spacing and relation is to the other receivers on the field, so much so that he knows that even if he changes his route, he knows how to do so into open areas as opposed to cluttering areas for other receivers. Chris Olave, this year's rookie coming in as the best route runner in the 2022 NFL Draft class, He should be able to pick this up as well. He just spent 10 days in California working with Michael Thomas. He has known and talked to Michael Thomas since before that, and now is going to be going through training camp with Michael Thomas as well. So he should be able to pick up some of the same tendencies, some of the same awareness as Thomas and Landry when it comes to his route running and relation to the other receivers. Chris Olave also, when it came to spacing, very rarely had this issue when it came to his time at Ohio State. Some of that has to do with the fact that because he was already 40 yards down the field before anybody else was making their breaks, but still you love to have that as a part of the offense for the new Orleans saints and is going to be a part of why, even if the saints don't throw the ball much more than they usually do. So looking back to 2017 to 2020, where you were kind of in between like, 520 to 580 passes, you're still going to have a, the targets to go around for all these receivers and b more yardage that you picked up on average last year, simply based on you being able to take the top off the defense a little bit more often. So when it comes to spacing, the saints are in a much better place right now, but what is it that will allow them to create separation? That's going to be the next big piece to watch when it comes to the saints, big three, at wide receiver because separation was a big issue for the wideouts last year. Is it going to be better this year? I'll tell you why it will be as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I want I you to do me a favor. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to play along for a moment. I want you to take your hand and I want you to pretend like you're dipping your hand into like one of those big plastic tubs of birthday cake frosting, right? And then realizing that what you're about to eat is actually only 150 calories has 16 grams of protein and only 9 grams of sugar. Wouldn't you like to eat that? Well, now you can, thanks to our friends over at Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And right now, their limited edition Built Puff birthday cake flavor is flying off of the shelf. So go and grab it while you can. You basically are taking, like, you know, the marshmallow fluff. Kyle Krabs talked about over in Lockdown Dolphins not so long ago. You take the marshmallow fluff, put it with the, with the, with the peanut butter, and you have, like, that. They call the sandwich has a name. Somebody will tell me, but you have those sandwiches fluff or Nutter, Those are that's the one. So you have those, but it's like birthday cake instead. It's so ridiculously good. So go and check them out. It's the protein infused marshmallow protein bar. It sounds incredible, right? And then it's all birthday cake flavored on top of that. It's it's awesome. So go check it out before it's all gone. You can find it over at built.com. You can also check out the mix box that so you can try all of their other protein bars as well, including mint brownie, salted caramel, cookies and cream, uh, 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 peanut butter brownie, another one of my favorites. There's a never ending selection of things for you over at built.com. Make sure you use the promo code LOCK15, E D15 so you can get 15% off of your next order. It doesn't matter if it's your first or your next. 15% off of the promo code LOCK15 at built.com all right family continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints thanks as always for making locked on saints your first listen of the day every day don't forget to go and check out locked on pelicans the new orleans pelicans didn't walk away with the top four selection in the lottery but still top 10 picking at pick eight Who should the Pelicans take? Who would be the best fit? Who would have the most upside? Jake Madison answering all those questions and more for you every Monday through Friday over at Locked on Pelicans. All right. So we talked about spacing and why that's expected to improve in 2022, how that opens up passing lanes, how that makes things more comfortable, breathable for the offense and should increase productivity in the passing game. Now let's talk a little bit about separation, right? This is an area that the Saints struggled quite a bit in 2021. You look at the separation numbers, thanks to next gen stats over at ESPN, which measure the yards of separation per route run in the NFL. Deontay Hardy led the way at 3.6 in terms of Saints wide receivers, followed by Marquez Calloway at 2.8, and then Traquan Smith at just 2.8. So not getting a lot of separation. Now, we should remember that one yard of separation in the NFL is a window, right? So as long as you're getting more than one yard, you are a a receiver that is providing a throwable catch radius. However, it can be better, right? It can be better. And guys like uh, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, as well as Chris Olave, are experts at creating natural separation at basically what's considered the top of the route or the break of their route. And this is a place where... Things weren't so clean for the Saints receivers in 2021. Again, this was another situation which Deontay Hardy, Marquez Callaway in particularly, and in particular, I'll say Deontay Hardy, got much better throughout the season. But going in and coming out of breaks is a really easy place to create natural separation. And Michael Thomas does this extremely well, Jarvis Landry does this extremely well, and Chris Olave did this extremely well at the collegiate level, and that should translate pretty well, especially his ability to work his hips in the NFL. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to go into, come out of a break, and how to create separation there. So the break is the point at which a receiver effectively changes direction and commits to the route that they're running. That's a, that's, that's a pretty fundamental definition, but let's just roll with that for right now. So let's say from a very fundamental area, right, the most basic area, what a receiver's goal to do coming off of the line of scrimmage intent coming off the line of scrimmage is to convince the db across from him that he's running a fade he's running a nine he's running a fly he's going straight down the field right you're trying to convince that db that you're doing something the same way every single play so your release package might be a little bit different based upon that defender's leverage you might run a diamond release which is actually going to try to convince that receiver that or that db that you're going, that you're running an outside route before you cut back to an inside route, things like that. So there's intricacies and there are nuances. There are things that make it different. But from a very, very basic standpoint, your goal as a receiver is to tell that DB right away, you're going to have to keep up with me because I'm running. And then once you reach sort of your break point, which might be seven yards, seven yards, in the New Orleans Saints offense last year, we saw a lot of 12-yard breaks. In the Cleveland Browns offense that Jarvis Landry was in last year, you also saw a lot of 12-yard breaks. So that's a that's a pretty good piece of cohesion going into the New Orleans Saints offense for Landry. You see a lot of those points coming at 12 yards at which the break happens. So let's say that somebody's running an in-route, right, or a dig, which means that they're basically pushing upfield. And then they're changing direction 90 degrees running toward the middle of the field, just like half a box, right? So with that, that point at which you change direction and commit to running inside, that's your break point. So the thing that's so important about the break is that there are two things that you can't do early. The first of which, or really there's kind of three things, right? You can't change your stride, you can't raise your pad level, your shoulder pad level, and you can't raise your hip level right? So the reason why you don't want to raise your, your, your chest pad level, your shoulder pad level is because it indicates that there's a change of direction coming to that DB. You want to keep your chest level, your pad level low, right? You're not trying to like hunch over anything like that, but it's like, you're trying to get under something almost. And you want to drive upfield. You want to get onto that DB's toes. You want to force them to commit and turn their hips upfield. That way you're in control of the leverage at that point. Then sinking your hips is the best way to change direction. Chris Olave does this so incredibly well. You can go and just watch his highlights. You don't have to look at his film. Just go and watch his highlights and you're going to see examples of this. Quick, fast, easy way to do it. I highly recommend watching film as opposed to highlights at all times, but I'm just saying easy, accessible. Go and check it out. You'll see him drop his hips extremely low, get his chin to his knees almost and completely flip his hips around and change direction so that The DB doesn't know that any of this is happening until he's already out of his break. Now, the last key point is coming out of that break, which means keeping the hips low all the way through, propelling into your new direction. Sometimes, and this happened a little bit in 2021 for the Saints receivers, they would come up from their hips a little bit too early, either before they come out of the break or as they're coming out of the break, which is just slightly too early. Think about when you jump, right? What's the first thing you do? You crouch, right? That's the same thing in terms of getting that burst off of a change of direction. You're not going to be able to maintain your momentum if you're stepping outside of your frame or uh, an example of that would be pointing your toe outside or getting your foot, your planter, your planting foot, your change of direction foot outside of your shoulder, right? To where you kind of lose balance a little bit. That's not going to work. So the best way for you to be able to maintain and regain the explosion coming out of a break is to be able to do it from that crouched position or by sinking your hips and then using that sort of extra jolt to propel yourself out of the break. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry all do this textbook, textbook. And those types of routes, those types of breaks, that type of precision, that type of attention to detail create separation against opposing offenses, excuse me, opposing defenses. And again, opens up passing lanes, makes for a more comfortable passing game and becomes something that a quarterback can predict, right? Regardless of your release package off the line of scrimmage, sometimes you have to do certain things based upon the DBs, uh, the DBs leverage, right? And you want to try to take advantage of that, use that against them. And if you've got the time for a longer release, then that's fine. But if it's a timing route, you're winning at the break. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to your break because you need to get there by the time that the quarterback's ready to throw the ball. Three-step drop, one read throw, right? So can you do all of that and be able to have a plan going in and a reactionary plan just in case things don't go your way so you can still hit your landmark and be where you need to be and open by the time that quarterback is ready to throw the ball? The New Orleans Saints offense is predicated on spot throws, meaning that you're throwing to an area of the field, not directly to the receiver, and quick passing game, right? Quick reads. So you have to be able to make it uh, make that separation, create that separation, and get in and out of your breaks cleanly. New Orleans Saints should be able to do that better in 2022 than they did in 2021. Finally, after you do all that, you got to finish the play. Drops are a big deal for New Orleans. Yards after catch are a big deal for New Orleans. Will that get better in 2022? It absolutely should. We'll get to that as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. All right, so we're getting a little excited here on Locked on Saints, doing a lot of nerd talk, a lot of numbers talk. So let's keep that going because I want to tell you about the New Orleans Saints opening up against the Atlanta Falcons as minus three and a half favorites, according to our friends over at betonline.net. That's going to be on the road at Atlanta. Now, you know, the home team usually gets three points. So the Saints are effectively seen as a six and a half or a touchdown favorite against the Atlanta Falcons, but you get to call it on three and a half. You think that the Saints can win by four or more points against Atlanta to open the season? I'd be willing to bet on that. Now, we'll have to see exactly how all of it works out. But if you want to get in on that line early, go and check it out over at Bet Online, which is the number one place for all of your sports wagering information and sports betting needs. You can find it on your mobile device or on your laptop today. Make sure you get in on all the trends and action that are available there. And it's not just football, we have exciting in uh, Eastern. Conference finals, Western conference finals in the NBA, MLB is underway. There's even esports, fighting, golf. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you can bet on. So go and check them out over at betonline.net today, where the game starts. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Talk about the New Orleans Saints passing attack being much better in 2022 than it is in 2021. Personnel is a big part of that. Uh, fluidity in and out of breaks is a big part of that. Explosion is a big part of that. Spacing and understanding each and every concept on the field is a big part of that. But you know what? Catching the ball is a big part of that, too. So let's throttle down a little bit, right? We've been doing a lot of heady sort of like football talk. We we do fun uh, midweek fundamentals every offseason here. Consider that the beginning of midweek fundamentals. Now let's simply talk about catching the football because you can do all those things, right? You can space yourselves properly. You can give that correct throwing lane. You can hit your landmarks. You can hit the timing. You can create separation out of the break, but if you can't catch the ball, it doesn't matter. Now the new Orleans saints offense wasn't particularly bad across the NFL when it came to drops, but not what you're used to seeing in a New Orleans Saints offense. Hope that makes sense, right? In a Sean Payton offense, you're not used to seeing a drop rate of 7.6% across the team, 30 drops on 394 regular season targets for 10 receivers, right? So you had 30 drops amongst 10 receivers, nearly 400 targets, 7.6% drop percentage, as a team, amongst or as a group, amongst those ten receivers that recorded drops, according to Pro Football Reference in two thousand and twenty one, that's a big deal. And especially when, like your leader in drops, is Alvin Camaro with nine, then you need your receivers to be able to catch these passes when they're coming to them. And whether it's because of defender contact, whether it's because of concentration drops, or whatever, we saw the whole sort of gamut of drops in two thousand and twenty one. So will that get better in twenty twenty two? Well, here are a couple of things that maybe will put you at ease there. Michael Thomas, since Pro Football uh, Reference started tracking the stat in 2018, has never put up a season drop rate higher than 3.2%. And this is a guy that has been consistently targeted more than 100 times a season. Jarvis Landry saw a 7.4 drop percentage, just 0.2% better than what the Saints top 10, or 10 droppers, we'll call them, Uh, in 2021 put up, but that was in 2018. Since then, he hasn't exceeded 5.9%, so very reliable. Now, Chris Olave last year in college, his final year in 2021, put up a drop rate of 7.7%, something to watch. However, his career numbers at Ohio State only reflect a 5.1% drop percentage, including several seasons or a couple of seasons of like three drops, one drop, things like that. So Not really a big concern, but I'm sure they're going to see that he had, I think it was uh, five drops on 65 targets in 2021, and they're going to want to work on that, but I think he'll be okay. So that already kind of shows you that the Saints should be in a situation to where the drops and finishing plays will be there. But once you get the ball in your hands, you still have some work to do. So physicality after the catch is going to be another benefit that comes, particularly with the signing of Jarvis Landry. We don't think of Jarvis Landry as a yards after catch threat because he's not an elusive, explosive type of player. Not anymore, right? So he's not your punt returner at LSU, right? He's not that guy any longer. But he is still putting up five yards after catch per reception as recently as last year in 2021 when he was dealing with injuries and only played in 12 games. So that made him, or would have made him, third highest amongst New Orleans Saints wideouts that had 20 or more targets in 2021. And then according to reception perception, you also saw that Jarvis Landry was considered to be um, in space 11% of his catches in 2021. And during those, that 11% of receptions went down on first contact less than 50% of the time. So you see the physicality and his willingness to fight through contact. The last piece here, contested catch rate, 66.7. For Jarvis Landry, that it's eight on twelve targets. Okay, eight catches on twelve contested targets in twenty twenty one. That would have placed him second amongst all New Orleans Saints pass catchers, regardless of position, that were targeted with three or more contested targets. Just three or more. That would have placed him second. Number one there was actually, interestingly enough, Deontay Hardy, who's what five foot seven, five foot eight, uh, three or four in that metric. So, you know, Deontay Hardy going up for some jump balls. That's going to be further aided by the return of Michael Thomas, who's going to have who has a 60.7 career uh, contested catch rate. And Chris Olave, who's coming off of 10 catches on 16 contested targets in 2021. And Chris Olave actually, by reception perception, was clocked as the second highest contested catch rate of this year's rookie draft class behind only USC's Drake London. So the Saints are going to be in a much better position when it comes from releases off of the snap, right? Personnel, the, the paper, before they even get on the field. Then when they get on the field, release packages, plans, uh, route running, spacing, awareness of other receivers that are around them, fluidity in and out of breaks, explosion in and out of breaks, natural separation, ca- contested catches, catching as a whole, and then what they do once they get the ball in their hands as well. So the Saints in 2022 will be a better passing offense than they were in 2021. In 2021, set a low bar. But I'm not going to be surprised if this New Orleans Saints passing attack sniffs or even breaks the top 10 in 2022, as long as the rhythm, the the chemistry is able to be built quickly. And because you don't have the questions at quarterback this season, everyone's going to be working with everyone come training camp. That's huge news for the New Orleans Saints. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, Zach Streif believes it's going to be a tall task for Trevor Penning to be the starting left tackle for the New Orleans Saints? What will he need to improve? And what did Zach Strief have to say about Trevor Penning and that role? We'll get to that tomorrow. WWL, Brooke Kirchhoffer got that for us coming up in tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you, as always, for coming through for today's episode of Locked on Saints and for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget to go and check out Locked on NFL. Next 30 minutes, everything you need to know going on around the league. As always, I appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day for everything else that you need in between these episodes on your New Orleans Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you're living, let me know how you mom and them, and trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.